Hello all, and welcome to Brewing with Jim, hosted by Jim Brewington. Jim is a pastor and a teacher, and has served in these roles for the past 45 years. He has worked in small churches and megachurches, primarily as a teacher serving both the hearing and the deaf population. We have surveyed the students here at CVCS and do our best to create a genuine conversation around the talking points the students want to know most about. Thank you all for listening and taking time to brew on Life's Questions with Jim. Hi everybody and welcome to Brewing with Jim. I am your producer Grady Sanchez and as always we have Jim. How are you doing today Jim? I'm good Grady, thank you. Uh, hello everybody again. It's good mm-hmm. to be with you. Yes, we have an awesome show in store for you and we're just going to take you along the ride today. We got a great question which inspires a lot of our own thoughts and a lot of our own minds. What do we do with the conditions that might hold us back from accomplishing what we want? Good. Good. Well stated. I, I have students who um, I think have given up because they have a condition in their life. They have a situation in their life. And it seems to me like I have a condition in my life is their thought pattern. And I am not going to be able to achieve some of the things that other people achieve. Therefore, I quit trying. And I'm just going to have to live with this condition and be with it. It's part of my life. It's part of the way I am. Can I put some context on that one? Please do. Because we have the same student body. Jim and I have a lot of the same students. And I don't know if it's geographical, and I don't know if it's just, quote, unquote, this generation, because it seems like every generation gets complained about. Well, in my day, <laughs> every generation is the, the worst one that comes through. So who, who knows what, it, what is right and what is wrong? But it, it, in that sake of the student, it just seems like their ability to overcome problems or their ability to work through problems and problem solve is just diminished, or they're not able to... Yes to take the next step and they I use and like they just roll over if something happens to them they just okay that's it I'm, let's I'm talk, done let's talk about some of these conditions and put a, a mental picture mm-hmm. into what some of them might be um, they could be in no particular order of priority or uh, how common they are they could be intellectual issues that a person thinks well I'm just not as smart as everybody else in this room uh, they pick this these uh, math problems up and these language issues they can do this much faster than I can and I always think that I'm a genius in a genius I'm a I said that backwards that I am a moron at a genius convention and uh, I have felt that way myself in some situations those um, those intellectual disabilities can freeze somebody and just say I don't want to go on some of the um, issues are behavior issues that uh, are caused by either neurology or, uh, or that is to say, uh, sensory neuro problems uh, like ADD and ADHD. I can't focus. I can't sit still. Uh, everybody else seems to grasp this whole book, and I can't read but one page at a time, and then I'm not sure. I have... Um, issues with uh, with being in any situation without wanting to get up and just walk around. I can't focus on these things. Uh, somebody 
in class today asked me if I thought that ADD and ADHD is more common today than it has been in the past. And my answer is no, we just have a name for it now. Yeah, I was talking, I had a conversation last night with uh, my brother and the rest of my family about just like ADHD. It seems like everybody has it and like, I don't, I don't get it. I think I'm the only person in my immediate family who does not have it. And I think almost every guy has it, just the nature of our, wi- <laughs> of our wiring. Well, Squirrel. Yeah, like. that, that could be. <laughs> like. There are um, – there are. we've always had that. We just called people restless or, um, I don't know what, jerky or uh, can't focus. But now we have a name, and we have had for, what, the last 50 years, I think. Uh, other issues can be physical. There are people who have something that's wrong with them. Um, physically, and I'm one of them. Uh, I don't have a meniscus in either one of my knees. Uh, it's gone away. It's worn away, and I consequently have balance problems. I have bone on bone in both knees, and I have balance problems, so I have to kind of guide myself by holding on to things. I can't go downstairs without holding on to a rail. I have to be very careful so I don't fall down because, they're, well, now I can't climb ladders because you can't climb a ladder if you don't know, if you have balance problems. That's not good. I, there are several things I can't do uh, that I used to be able to do. I used to go hiking, and now I can't go hiking anymore. I can still go outside, though, in some other way and enjoy nature, enjoy the creation, enjoy. I just have to change the way I do it. Uh, can I put something in the loft in the garage? Not really. It's hard to get up there without a ladder, but I can do it in another way. Okay, my son come over and do it. I don't give up. We we get it. There are some. Yeah, I guess it's that give up factor that almost happens too quickly. It becomes part of the worldview. I think that we can't do something, and therefore, I because I don't know how to do it, I am going to give up doing it. There are some people socioeconomically they don't have enough money. And they can't do some things. There are some people who live in neighborhoods that are dangerous and they uh, can't even go outdoors at night because of their socioeconomic situation. They don't have enough money to buy the things that the other uh, students have and they feel out of place, they feel inadequate, they feel some sort of depression about the situation, not clinical depression, but about the situation, and it makes them want to give up in school, and I wish I didn't have to do this. We talked about ADD, uh, attention deficit disorder, and attention deficit hyperactive disorder, which are not the same things, and uh, there are a lot of people who have that. Question on that, because you said it, because we might have a term for it nowadays, people might have it. One of the thoughts that we had last night when I was talking about it over over dinner was and what our school just practiced this week was a no screen week or we tried to limit the technology somebody who's gone through the time of like no technology or very little to today (laughs) today's age of technology do you do you see a difference between um, students in which had greater access to technology as opposed to less Oh, of course. With their attention and all that fun I, stuff? Every yeah. faculty member I know thinks that there is a dangerous use of cell phones. There is a wonderful use of cell phones. I use cell phone. I have a cell phone. I use it frequently. But I own it. It doesn't own me. And when I encounter students 
who are, I would say, addicted to their phones. We now have problems in student bodies that we have not seen uh, in the past, and that is uh, students don't do well writing. They don't know how to punctuate. They don't know how to have a conversation and keep it going and carrying it on. Uh, I have students, believe it or not, that, please believe it, and it's changed now, don't know how to read an analog clock. No, they don't. They don't know how to do, and they don't know how to read a calendar. In my in my classroom, I have two chopsticks that are hung on the wall, and everybody I said everybody asked what time is it. I said the clock's right there. They're like that's not a clock. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> yeah, know how I, to just, read that. I took away the numbers, but the orientation is the same way. <laughs> well, the rest of us who uh, grew up during the Stone Age can read an analog clock, <laughs> but other people, these new students, sometimes can't. So I do see dangers there. Now, what happens to them and their um, view of themselves as either victims? in a learning situation or a performing or achieving situation as uh, distinguished from uh, people who have a broader knowledge of how to operate in the world to, today in, in different uh, spheres. The difference um, is going to result in, I think, low self-esteem, but I don't want, and that can be an, uh, an impediment to achievement also. But I, it just occurred to me, uh, during the 70s, 1970s, we went through a period of time where there were uh, actions and, and one of, uh, there were movements where people had meetings and decided how the world should behave. The women had meetings and didn't invite all the women to the meetings. And so they, have, um, they had a women's movement. And some of the rules were changed, and the rest of us didn't go to the meeting, and we didn't know the rules. When I grew up, and we were in an elevator, my parents taught me, you let the ladies get off the elevator first. That's just polite. The women's, part of the women's movement was, no, you let the men get off the elevator first, and that way they won't be looking at the rear of the women walking away from the, really? I didn't know that rule. That <laughs> you just can't win sometimes. Well, you just don't, can't keep up with all of these things. And part of those movements was the self-esteem movement. In the schools, uh, if I, if, when I was in elementary school and someone didn't pass the third grade, they failed the, the third grade and had to take it over again. Now we don't do that to elementary students. They just go on because it's going to damage their self-esteem. When I was in school, we had to learn uh, how to handwrite correctly. We had handwriting classes uh, or parts of the day where we worked on penmanship. And part of that was how do we hold our pencils? Well, we hold our pencils so in such a way. It's called the dynamic triad. Look that one up. And we hold our pencil in such a way that our hand is not fatigued quickly and we have control over the pen. Now I look, we decided not to do that not to correct that anymore because of their precious little self-esteems. Well, their precious little self-esteems can't write. Yeah, how and, some of the kids write is just beyond me. I can't read anything, and they're holding it. Like, all four fingers are on one side of the pencil. It's yes, mind-blowing. I, I see all of that, and that's the result of what our culture did to uh, the self-esteem movement. Uh, you can't fail somebody now in elementary school. I don't know if I know what I'm talking about, but I know in this general area we don't fail elementary students. We just keep them going and try to catch them up later on. Well, what happens to their self-esteem when they get out in the world and they can't uh, add a column of figures 
or they can't subtract. You, I, I would think that would be a detriment. In, in my data science class, we just read an article about self-esteem and overcoming obstacles and one of those one of the ideas is that school is too stressful so we're going to take we're going to mediate the stress somehow by lowering classes but one of the case studies that lowering classes not, or lowering class like how many classes they could take oh i see and okay. um the, the school that the case study was built around was a really high academic school and nobody wanted the change they liked the stress they wanted to be put in those stressful moments because they knew their high-performing jobs, their highly competitive jobs would demand that of them. So almost the society and the administration took away one of the things that the students and the families were actually looking forward to was that, that pressure, well, that idea of training themselves into that. And that's just another part of like societal pressures and moving is. towards those things. And now that's an obstacle. But stress is a way of life. There's not going to be uh, life without stress. And I just got a student complaining like, oh, I have homework tonight, but I, it's so stressful. There's a difference between stress and strain. The stress is, a, think of a staircase with a step, and uh, the step is designed and built in such a way that it will withhold the weight of the person um, ascending the steps. There is pressure. There is stress on that step. But it was built that way. You can't avoid having stress on a step. That's the whole idea. But if the wood becomes weak and the wood be and, and the structure, it begins to bend a little bit or squeak when you step on it, that's strain. And it's not built for strain. Or if you put some weight on it that is far excessive to what it was built to withhold, that is going to be strain. Same thing with the students. Uh, taking stress away from them is not a good thing. It's a detriment to them. We have stress in our world. You and I, Grady, have stress. Oh, yeah. We live with this every day. Now, if there's strain, and I think there is probably strain on a lot of the students, then we can reduce the homework requirement. We can reduce the extracurricular activities. We can, but the strain sometimes comes from within the family itself. There are people who have students who have parents who are not parenting, who are alcoholics, who are drug addicts, who don't pay any attention, they don't discipline their children. That is going to be something that is a challenge in their lives when they get older. It's a challenge in their lives now when they're out there. Let me name a couple more of these. There are people who have anxiety, uh, excessive anxiety, I was once diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I have some anxieties myself. I think I'm much better now at that. But uh, there are students who have math anxiety. There are students who have test anxiety, and they cannot perform uh, the test uh, to show us what they have learned. But they've still learned it. But we don't see it on the test. So I think you and I and faculties everywhere need to adjust the way that we assess people. That's a whole other yeah, podcast. That's, yeah, then we could dive into education okay. on another one. But uh, We had a guy here one of, who has become a good friend, a student. He was a student of mine, and I say this with his permission. He has cerebral palsy, and he had a relatively light case of cerebral palsy, but it affected his right side. He had to lift his right foot. Uh, to walk forward and to push his 
thrust his leg forward and then land on the foot. Okay, he can walk at a pace that everybody else could walk at, but he had that extra stress, uh, not stress, he had that extra impediment that he had to overcome, and his right arm did not work right. He had to write left-handed, even though he told me he thought he was left, he was to be, I'm sorry, what did I say? He had to write left-handed, um, and his handwriting was not good, but he said, I think I'm supposed to be right-handed, but my right side doesn't work. Came to me one day, uh, privately, and said, I wish I could play sports. And I said, what sport would you like to play? And he said, volleyball. And I said, go talk to the volleyball coach and see if there's anything on the team that you could do. And he did. Now, he always thought, this is a condition I have, and I can't play volleyball. I can't play. I can't do what I want to do. And my encouragement was, go find out. I know know of a student, and one of – one of the faculty members had expressed one of her just crowning moments of CVCS culture, mm-hmm. and it related to the to the student. And he had scored an ace, and the gym just erupted. Oh, you just took the cherry off the Sunday for me. And oh, that's okay though. Yeah. He went to oh, the know, he went to the coach, and the coach says, "We've got you can help with this equipment. Yeah. You can help do this and so forth." And they taught him how to serve. Yeah, and he served an ace in a game. And the whole gym, everybody there, it was just a thunder show. <laughs> it was and, – and this is another faculty member. This is not even a person who's in the show or knows of the show. This is just – and that was her favorite moment of CVCS. She has a couple of kids go to CVCS, but that was her singular moment of CVCS. It's one of my favorite and, moments too, and I wasn't there. And it's just like overcoming an obstacle, but how sweet is it when you actually get it done? Exactly. I have another student, uh, had another student, and it's been several years now, uh, who has dwarfism. He was a dwarf. And he could not do certain things because of his height. He didn't have average height. But he never, ever held back in wanting to do something. He now, uh, after graduation, has gone to a radiology school and learned uh, how to uh, operate sonograms. And I'm sure there's a title there, and I can't think of what it is radiologist well no he's a sonogrammist or something uh and he's now employed at uh, a major hospital here as uh, and he does sonograms well how can he reach up to do all the things he has to he has accommodations he just stands on things It, it can be done the point is he wasn't locked in and controlled by his condition so um I know people who have uh, diabetes. We have students here who have diabetes. Mm -hmm. That can be very limiting, too. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. People who have asthma, well, I can't can't get in a situation where I have to breathe really hard. I have to avoid all of those kinds of situations. I have PTSD, and it has been diagnosed post-traumatic stress, now disorder, but I think it's called syndrome now. Uh, and I have been diagnosed by three licensed uh, diagnosticians, separate and independent of each other, who have diagnosed this. I have it. I have it. And people want to know sometimes what's the cause. And shocking, well, it wasn't shocking, but surprising to me, the diagnostician said after having talked to me for a long time, the incidents are too numerous to specify. 
I've had that much trauma in my life. Do I let it hold me back? Well, no, I really don't. I have some very difficult nights. I have dreams and that are not that are troublesome and so forth. What does that prevent me from doing? Well, I don't go on retreats here with the with the high schoolers because I'm not going to have that kind of a night in front of one of the kids. But uh, the school understands, and I'm excused from doing that. And is that going to hold me back from teaching? Is it going to hold me back from now? Some people are old. Have you heard that? I have been told uh, I'm 79 years old. I have been told that uh, <laughs> that I should retire. That it's time for me to be on the golf course. It's time for me. I'm not going to retire. Why? That word and that concept is not in the Bible. And I can't imagine going home and being a test pilot for a barca lounger until I die. That just isn't me. So um, pe other people have said to me in different ways, you, well, you really need to retire. One guy said, you really need to retire. You know, most people your age are dead. And I said, well, <laughs> okay, I have outlived the life expectancy statistically for where I live, but it's not going to hold me back. I should calm down. Uh, I should do less. You know what? I work full-time. I teach full-time. I have a ministry. I have a podcast. I'm writing a book, and you want me to slow down? What am I? The answer to me is no. I'm not doing that. I have, um, we were talking about self-image. There's some people, I've had students who thought they were ugly. I've had students that most people would say, yes, you, you are ugly. <laughs> but it didn't hold them back. Some, yes. Oh, I'll never get a date. I'll never be able to go to the prom. Oh, I'll never attitude. be able to, huh? With that attitude. <laughs> with that attitude. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it could be that the phone isn't going to ring off the wall because, well, the phones aren't on the wall anymore. anymore. No, yeah. but the phone isn't going to ring incessantly with uh, people asking you to go to the prom. Maybe not, but I can tell you that I have known people who are physically unattractive, who are married, and I'm thinking, why would anybody marry that? But what happens is that you get married, you're attracted to another part of that person, and the physical appearance becomes diluted and goes away and goes away until you are uh, happy to be with that person and glad to be with them and love them. Yeah, well, the appearances fade is what I've always come to understand. And so, <laughs> well, so I'm here to gotta, tell you, yes. you gotta, you got to really love the person for who they are before you make that final uh, push into marriage. But then, I, like today, one of my own obstacles, I have another one that I'd like to share later that, that is a core principle of who I am. But on the lighter side is today we had a pep rally, and I was brought, or a couple of cheerleaders came along and asked me a couple of weeks ago to participate in their cheerleading uh, routine. And so reluctantly, I said, yes, of course. And it was reluctant. <laughs> it was reluctant. Okay. And so I, at least you were invited. I wasn't. <laughs> well, the two, the, the bone on bone knee cartilage. Well, there's that and I'm too old. <laughs> and, and so one of my obstacles is I, I, I don't physically have two left feet, but metaphorically I have two left feet and no rhythm. And so 
putting myself out there to be obviously embarrassed in front of the student body who have their cell phones and and all of that are just ready to take the photos but it was one of those things where I get to be a person and I get to make myself human in front of my 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 peers and my students who Uh enjoy having me around and it was just one of those things where yes I might have two feet but you know what I am gonna learn the dance so that my two feet look look regular, that I actually know what I'm doing, and so I just worked a little harder. I asked one of the cheerleaders to come to my classroom on a prep period, and they gave me a little tutoring session. I watched the video in slow motion. Like there was ways that I went about trying to get this done, and it I, it happened today, and you know what? It, I didn't fall over, and it worked out okay. So I I was very pleased with no, with and the a lot, and quite a few of our colleagues were out there. And uh, I don't know what to say. I can't say I'm proud of you. I can't say I, uh, I, I am so stunned that this happened. All I can say is I stood there and enjoyed everyone. Uh, they, they tried. They showed I up. just enjoyed you. Uh, it, was, it was fun to see all of that. That's, but thanks for being reluctant and not letting that hold you back. <laughs> we'll figure it out one day. But my first dance at the wedding, speaking of marriage, was I, I did my best there as well. Did you... Um, have you ever heard of Nick Wojcik? Wojcic is his name. Nick Wojcic. In the in the pre-show, um, I had a person who went, came to my church about 10, 15 years ago when I was a youngin, and uh, coincidentally, I think it is the person that you're going to bring up. Well, he wrote a book, uh, Born Without Limbs, or Life Without Limbs. He was born with no arms and no legs, mm. uh, and he has be that would hold anybody back. You would think. It has not held him back. He is now a world-known evangelist and public speaker uh, and uh, motivational speaker. I just watched another video of his, one of his speeches, and I'm inspired, and I've met him. Uh, I've been in the same green room with him. Uh, talk about somebody who overcomes what you would— think would be a a disabling uh, condition. And he went through that too. He publicly has said that I was so depressed when I was in school and so uh, not wanting to live and so hopeless. And now he is the opposite of all of that. He is joyful. He's married. He has four kids. He is uh, funny. Oh, he's he's really funny. Oh, he's very funny. Yeah. Uh, check him out on on YouTube. He is very funny. Can I can I give the audience a so when I was in probably sixth grade, he came to my church. Oh yeah. And you see a guy on the stage. He's obviously not very tall. He's got no legs, no arms, and he always opens up with this one story. And a kid, un, like they don't really know any better, but they'll come up to him and be like, "How did you get like that?" Yeah, what and happened? What happened to you? And he'll just be cigarettes. Cigarettes. <laughs> and, I've heard him and say that. And it's just like, it's the <laughs> funniest thing because it's just like, you would never think of uh-huh. that answer. And it's just something like, uh-huh. well, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, moving on. No, I heard someone yeah, when was, he was at uh, the it church. It stuck with me for, I don't even know how long ago. Oh, yes. 20 oh, years ago? Oh, 15, yeah. 15, 20 years yes, ago? Yes, yes. When he was, um, I was in the green room with him at um, the church where I was serving. And he had... Uh, done his speech outside, which was inspirational and moving, and it was everything. And somebody came up to him and said, uh, how tall are you? 
And he said, I get to be any height I want to be. This, this wheelchair just goes up and down and up and down. I can be anything I want to be. So he's got a great spirit. Yeah. Uh, he, he loves the Lord. He serves the Lord. He speaks for the Lord. He loves the Lord's people. Uh, don't let anything hold you back. Mm. We have so much more to, uh, I believe, contribute to this topic and the thinking of this topic. I would like to pull in some other examples, and then I would like to talk about some victories that people have had because mm. they have overcome uh, what the effect of these conditions have on their lives. Let's do a part two. Okay. Yeah, because this was a great episode of understanding what types of conditions people see. And, and if you're listening and, and you have one of the ones that we talked about, like just know that you're, you're not alone in this. You're not alone in this fight. Like That's God, right. That's like right. We're, like we're here with you listening. Send in your emails. Connect with us. God is always there. And if there's anything that we can do on our end, just let us know here at Brewing with Jim. Please do. At gmail.com. And we would be more than happy to to get to know you, to talk to you a little bit more about what you're going through and, and, and helping, helping you. And, and that's one of the fun parts of what we do as, uh, it is as teachers and counselors and, and whatever it is that, that God has called us to do. So there's so much more that we get to unpack. So today we'll just call it the conditions and, and the obstacles. I don't know and what we're going to call and it. Then, and then the next one is the, the victories and, and the successes. Well, it'll be and, part one and, and part two, that, so. and uh, we'll come up with some clever name. But please be aware, listeners, uh, as you're looking at the titles of these uh, episodes that uh, you listen to both because I think it's going to be a full picture for you. And I'm hoping, uh, in, in a biblical hope, that your life will be changed by what is said here. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Until next time with part two on how, how conditions might hold us back and what great side we have when we overcome those conditions or when we overcome yes. those feats. So yes. uh, looking forward to the next show. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. Bye. Topics covered and answers offered in Brewing with Jim mine the wisdom attained from a life of pastoral ministry and care. They do not constitute professional or clinical training or expertise in the areas of counseling or mental health. CBCS and its podcast network want to provide a platform for the discipleship of our community. Brewing with Jim is our attempt to foster that environment in a format that is accessible and open for all to partake in. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and may or may not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Capistrano Valley Christian Schools or its faculty. The material and information presented here are for general information purposes only. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.